Well, if you've made it this far, listeners, there's only about another half hour of torture to endure because this is The Movie Men. You may remember me from last week. My name is Callum O'Toole and I'm joined once again by Johnny Smith. Welcome all. Welcome all. And we're welcoming back for this iteration of the podcast, James Pugh. How have you been, James? I'm good. I apologise I couldn't be here last week, but all my work is done and I have returned to the fray. You were sorely missed. Well, James, so you weren't here that last week, so that means you must have had plenty of time to be scouring the internet to find some things about the world of film that have caught your eye. So what's what yeah. have you seen in the world of film this week? So what caught my eye this week was... It was a special story because it's about the first film I bought on DVD. And the first film I bought on DVD was Deep Blue Sea. Oh. So it has I was wondering what you were going to say there. <laughs> are, we, are we allowed to mention that? But it's okay, it's just Deep Blue Sea, which may or may, be, may or may not be worse than what we were thinking. But anyway, yeah, Deep Blue Sea. So they've recently announced that they have made a sequel to it. Um, and they kind of announced it as if they'd kept it under wraps and it was this big secret. And it's going to be like, oh, wow. Guess what, guys? We've made a sequel to Deep Blue Sea. Um, and I don't think anyone's really that bothered. And it kind of got me thinking about these unwanted sequels that kind of come out of nowhere years after the film that no one really asked for. Oh, all right. And I just think that Deep Blue, this Deep Blue Sea one was just kind of like... Especially when you watch the trailer, it's just a remake of the first one. And it is just dire. I love when they're like hideously low budget. Yeah, It's it, like it, they've used the sharks from Sharknado that yeah. they just had still knocking about. And it's such a shame. And then they did, they did Jeepers Creepers 3 out a while ago, didn't mm-hmm. they? Which was like years I mean, horrors, the second one. You know, onto their seventh iteration. Yeah. Pretty, pretty easily. <laughs> Home Alone 3, would that be another one? I think there's, four, I think there's a fourth and fifth Home Alone. Yeah, that kind there's of thing. There's definitely a fourth. What we want to know, though, about Deep Blue Sea is, is LL Cool J That was my only thing. The first thing I was LL Cool J. Is he in it? He's not, no, but... The power the, is. The, believe it or not, the plot is exactly the same. It is just a research facility where they made sharks smart to get out. You'd think they'd learn. It's not like development. It's kind of like a shitty Jurassic World but of Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh, well, that one worked, so why don't we just... Do it again, but for less money this time. We had a pop at the uh, computer graphics in uh, Ebbing, Missouri last week, but the yeah. single hands down worst <laughs> computer graphics I've ever seen in a mainstream film is when Samuel L. Jackson gets chomped by the shark. And it's it's bad. It's when you watch it back, you're like, I don't remember it being that. <laughs> but it definitely was. <laughs> at the time, you were like, oh my God, like, this is my Jaws. This is my generation. MS-DOS. You know, literally like, yeah. 8-bit shark. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Are they trying to pixelate it for its identity? <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's just the CGI. <laughs> oh, what about you, Johnny? What have you got on your sleeve? Well, I, I saw there was an article this week in the Guardian which was saying, "Has James Bond had its day in in you know the current the hashtag Me Too in in you know light of hashtag yeah. Me Too is has Bond run his course because Bond has had his you know misogynistic moments and he's probably not the best hero for these <laughs> no. day and age. I remember in. Um, Goldfinger which I watched the other night so I when he when he's at the pool at the start and I think Felix comes to meet him and oh, he yeah. just slaps the girl in the arse yeah. and is yeah. like men talking now and you're <laughs> like definitely wouldn't have got away with that now he also overpowers Pussy Galore as she's fighting him off um, so it was, you know. I, that's very distinct. That's that's old Bond. <laughs> well, this is the thing. This is the this is no, Bond, like this is swinging sixties Bond. Yeah, he, he was. He did, Pierce Brosnan wasn't doing any of that, was he? Or was he? Well, he had to have that fight Not in the Pierce, sauna. It was the sexy fight in the sauna. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
I would like the next right. Bond to be, you know, like in, you know, the last one, I think it was his, but he gets his license revoked. Yeah. Which happens quite often, not that that ever stops him. But this time, he doesn't, he just gets pulled into HR yeah. and has to go on yeah. training courses of how to treat employees. <laughs> has to watch one of those. And then John Cleese comes back and he's like, I'm doing a management training course because yeah. that's all he ever does now. That's true. And so it's very just, bad. Just, and then Bond and, and John Cleese fight. Uh, you know, equality in the office. But when oh, we right. were growing up, we'd Not see physical. like Betty Hill on TV. We'd be like, Bloody When, when did you grow up? Seventies. <laughs> <70s. laughs> <laughs> no, that's what you mean. Like in the 90s you'd be growing up and be like, Betty Hill TV. He's like, you can't be doing that. And like our mums and dads would be like, oh, it's good old family fun, man. It's like he's chasing women around a park. Can't say anything nowadays. But like, I can't suppose, chase anyone nowadays. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it's the it's just a generational thing that now we're all like, oh, it's fine. It's James Bond. You can get away with it. But these new generation that doesn't have the sentimentality towards it growing up and thinking yeah that's a bit you know um, well I hate to bring it back to something a bit more weighty after that those two fan- fantastic uh, offerings from YouTube but uh, it was also the week that Casey Affleck announced he will not be presenting the best actress award at the Oscars now many of you might think that would probably go without saying given past events but apparently it is tradition for the former male uh, best actor winner to present to the best actress I mean that in itself is a little bit misogynistic in a way, um, but I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't aware of that uh, tradition at all. But it's it seems like the sensible option for Mr. Affleck. I mean, of course, it it's a no-brainer. You know, it would have caused some kind of controversy. You know, so it was definitely the safest thing to do. I suppose. I think he's probably you know avoided getting a bit of a pasting at the Oscars later on. I think Natalie yeah. Portman would probably throw you know. A stiletto at him or something. So he's he's probably preempted. Kate Winslet would give a speech about how she would never work with him, and then next week end up working with Gary Glitter or someone. Who's, I think you know, the best thing would be if very he, forgetful. Kate Winslet. If he presented it in his white sheet from the film A Ghost Story, story. which would be okay. great if he if he said I'm not presenting it, and then when it came to it, he just came on with his sheet with it with his eye holes. But who, who on earth could this be? Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not Casey Affleck. I'm sure and then just disappear into the distance. I think that would be, you know, a way that everyone would be sort of happy. I'm sure he could still do I'm it. I'm sure his agent and his PR team would love the fact that after all this he'd want to come on stage in a white sheet. Yeah. Probably not be the best yeah. thing. But you know, so. but what they can do is basically any of these dubious, you know, characters, they can we invite them along? They can just get Daniel Day Lewis to play them. He could method act Casey Affleck. Dubious characters. <laughs> and that would be dubious ruffians. And then Daniel Day-Lewis can win an Oscar for portraying people giving away Oscars. <laughs> well, he wants to retire from acting, so maybe that's what he'll do. He'll just be other actors. Full-time. Full-time. So that's... he'll be Daniel Day-Lewis as Katie Affleck that's in... Ultimate Method. Manchester a d- a dude team. playing a dude pretending to be another dude. Yeah. A caveman! A You leave my tribe in peace! How dare you! Oh, Take him away and kill him. Slowly. Well, the reason we've gathered here tonight is to review the latest offering from Arban Animations, and it's called Early Man. It's got in it Eddie Redmayne, Tom Hiddleston. Your faves. My faves, you know. It's <laughs> amazing Williams as well. And, and loads of other British actors. Mark Williams is in there. It's just, it's just riddled with uh, recognisable voices and stuff like that that you would definitely have heard knocking about but obviously it comes from the same stable as Wallace and Gromit, Chicken Run, things of that nature, Creature Comforts as well, the TV show. So um, 
Let's start by asking, is this film a fitting tribute, not fitting tribute, but does it follow in that same tradition of those obviously legendary love films, Johnny? I think in, in a lot of ways it kind of does, actually. I was, yeah. I, Wallace and Gromit has always been one of my favourites ever since I remember as a kid having a game on my computer where you just had to wash the windows <laughs> with Gromit. And he would what, with him? Like... He Pick was on his, bun- on his bungee and, and you'd have to avoid the dog from uh, oh, I remember a close that shave. Day. And if you got caught, Wallace would say, the bounce has gone from his bungee. I don't remember this. this Which amazing. was excellent. I used to love it. So, <laughs> Wallace and Gromit is, is, you know, pretty excellent. I think even The Curse of the Were-Rabbit was great, even though, you know, you take it to a big scale yeah. and, and kind of making, you know, bringing it into sort of the new age. And I think... Though not hitting the same heights as Chicken Run or Wallace and Gromit, I really enjoyed Early Man. And I think there's the same sort of Englishness that runs through it, because it's basically about prehistoric mm-hmm. man discovering football and then having a match against the Bronze Age, as ridiculous as that sounds. <laughs> but it's full of those little, you know, quirks and sort of Englishness and a yeah, lot of it does. puns and background jokes and things that, you know, run through Chicken Run and Wallace and Gromit, sort of taking the piss out of all those you know, sort of cinema things that have come before and turning it into its own plasticine incarnation. They, they've done some computer ones, haven't they? Because yeah. they did Flushed Away. Right. And they did that Pirates one, which might have been Armand Studio. Yes. It's, it's different because it's not the stop motion team. I think stop motion has a certain... It just gives charm. it a certain charm. Yeah. That is the word. That automatically makes it slightly better. But it's kind of a... They're a studio now that similar, similar veins to Pixar where, like... It's, their films are just so unique and just have a certain stamp on them. Mm. Last week, I don't know about you, Johnny, but I've taken quite a bit of heat for our response to Three Ball Brothers <laughs> having, having Missouri, right? Have you, um, have you been into witness protection? <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I didn't give it a 10 out of 10, 10 and a half out of 10, so I've been getting absolutely pounded. But I, get, I don't know whether I've become a cantankerous old fool, but I didn't think this film was very good either. <laughs> The storyline was basically dodgeball, but not funny, with football instead of dodgeball. And it was interesting that you really liked it, because you take Wallace and Grump, and there's a certain quirkiness to it that has, like, a bizarre penguin doing mental shit. Like, a a dog riding a model train. Just pick out a couple of examples. A man wearing a pair of robotics trousers that walk him up and down the street, Right. This to me felt like everything was very obvious. Like all the jokes were obvious, the storyline was bland, like a lot of the stuff that's going on, it was stop motion, it's very interesting, but like I just didn't feel like it had a great deal of life to it. I think, yeah, I think I can go with that. Apart from the fact there was a giant duck. Yeah. A giant T Rex duck. So yeah, I mean that was pretty yeah, out there. Okay, I could, yeah. But I think, you know, it's fair. after the first you know, sort of 15 minutes of the film set up, it is fairly predictable where it's going. And I like the first 15 I think minutes. there's, a, you know, there's a lot of puns in there that are kind of obvious. Yeah. Early man, United, etc. Yeah. Um, oh. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of there was. Lies. It was, you know, quite an overload of puns. I think, you know, it was trying to make it on a bigger scale and something that... something. That, yeah, I think something that was, you know, very similar to Wallace and Gromit Chicken Run, that sort of low-key Englishness but also trying to get it onto a bigger mm. scale mm. you know because I think there was sort of you know the sort of background CGI work was sort of there to you know 
there wasn't obviously a plasticine stadium of that size because that would have taken years to make. Yeah. So I think it was kind of the probably bit where it struggled was matching those two elements. Whereas Walters and Gromit is so yeah. you know when, think, Wensleydale and live in Terrace Street and Walters and Gromit also has the benefit of, of being mainly shorts for a lot of the stuff that is most prominently in people's heads and they like as much like the most sorry I suppose Chicken Run's pretty a fairer comparison obviously being a bit longer just felt to me like this just could not sustain the, the, the duration of the film really and it was just sort of like dragging out one quite yeah. standard dull storyline for the whole thing it came across like it was a younger film as well like Chicken Run is essentially great, essentially great escape, yeah. which yeah. just hits on so many other levels people have, like the whole family and the same with Wallace and Gromit it's about an elderly man and his dog like yeah. why is that great for kids like just yeah. on the surface like those are the characters like you're mad yeah it just works and especially this one oh it's cavemen and all that and it's football it was I think yeah it definitely is more of a kids film and obviously there's always you know there's little yeah. nods that adults will get which you know kind of all good kids films have something like Inside yeah. Out is very good oh. you know getting adults on board who can enjoy it but also kids will find it great whereas this probably leaned a little, a little too, far. too far to the kids I mean there's some I was reading on Twitter some of the sort of responses and there were some very very in jokes in the background and stuff um, yeah. but I think that the thing they always have is that a film that Nick Park always wants to demonstrate plasticine being hit with gunge or water? Yes. And you notice in this, there was a lot of, you know, yeah. bird shit. It was sodden. Water. The whole place was sodden. Porridge, <laughs> you know, primordial soup, which was another good little pun. Yeah, yeah. But it always, you know, it's always like the jam in yeah. Wallace and Gromit. Which feels like they're like, we've got to get some gunge or liquid in here somewhere. And they uh, really, you know, milked it this one. Yeah, so, maybe, maybe a bit a bit harsh on it. I don't know. If you'd watched it on telly and it was an hour, yeah, it was. Probably much, have said this was, was a very enjoyable thing. If it came on a Boxing Day. Yes, that that's what it, it sort of felt like to me. It, could it was have been better than the cruise. Let's special. put it that way. If we're going to like the sort of early man style of things, which I thought was basic and shit as well. <laughs> I like my I like my uh, children's cartoons. I was gonna say, so what was the death. last children's cartoon, most recent, sorry, released that you were like that is? I, don't, I, I guess I'm just becoming a cantankerous old bastard. Inside out. Inside out. I was thinking. Because you know what? I was about to say sausage pie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Especially those ending moments with hot dogs and bagels. Yeah, yeah, exactly that kind of. Thing. Do you know what? I'm struggling to think off the top of my head. Yeah. So let's rate the film then. Um, so out of ten, do you know what? I came into this podcast thinking I was going to give it like a two or a three. But maybe I'm being a bit tight. And also, you've always got to appreciate that kind of stop-motion animation. It's just sort of like beguiling, isn't it? So, let's give it a four. Just be that generous. We talked you around. I'm such a misery. People just, people just think I'm some contrary. But just, <laughs> I think that's only based on the last couple of weeks. But normally, I'm pretty straight toe the party line. I just haven't seen it with these two. But, well. Hammers? Uh, give it a five. Five. Ooh, ooh. I thought you were going to be leaning more towards the higher end of it. Well, look, it's five's like you know, in the mid- it's in the middle. Like it's in the middle. Well, I was thinking six is average. I don't know why. Yeah. And eternal optimist, Johnny. <laughs> don't be swayed by our low scores. I know you enjoyed it, so just be be true. I'm going to go with my gut at the time. Say a seven. Seven. Based on, I think you know, it's obviously really aimed at kids. But I think it's one of those things. If you you know, I think you can watch it back, and there's probably little bits yeah. you can take from it. Mm. But it, I think as you said the sort of plasticine style and the sort of Ardman Studios the way they make you know their animated stop motion I think is always something that's 
to be admired and, and appreciated. It took me about 45 minutes to work out what who Tom Hiddleston was playing. Yes, and Eddie Redmayne. Could, could, uh, until they got yeah. to the end, I was like, well, I presume it was them, but I never I, would have guessed it. To be fair, Redmayne, I think, is quite good. Tom Hiddleston's very aloe aloe style. Uh, yeah. Monty, and, uh, John Cleese in yeah. Holy Grail, yeah. French accent. I did like um, Johnny Vegas in yeah. the background because you can tell it's Johnny Vegas when he just shouts oh football there was football yeah. he's there just was... little interruptions in the yeah. back were, were yeah. made every scene there were so many like famous British actors <laughs> they just had like one just, oh in the background just like literally had one or two lines That's of dialogue like it. it's nuts but um Maisie Williams' accent was weird yeah. was she American? I thought was she was she an American Scandinavian French but it was Maisie Williams, so I was like... Well, yeah, that because at the end I was like, I wonder who it was. And then, yeah, Maisie Williams was not a... It's like, well, she's English, so why did she sound like an American doing a French accent? I thought it sounded like a Scandinavian person who'd watched American TV to learn English. Ah, idiots. If we win, we can have our valley back. And if we don't beat them, we'll spend the rest of our lives working down a mine. What's your mind? It is time once again for another world famous movie main quiz. And um, I'm not a bit gutted that Johnny said he's massively into Wallace and Gromit because uh, this is obviously a quiz about Harvard animations. But bear in mind, I haven't seen him for quite a long time. That's uh, true. I, a friend of mine worked on Chicken Run, so maybe <laughs> I've got. Ooh. I haven't seen Chicken Run. Inside a trade. Right, this could be, this a, could white. be a, a white one. Let's see if we can get seven out of seven. Oh, by the way, you might have known James Five started doing seven questions. Because five's not enough and ten's too many. So yeah, no, completely. Want we'll to split the difference? Yeah, almost. So, question number one: Where are Ardman Animations based? Uh, how do we do this? We buzz in. I'll I think walk. you can just be together on this one. You know, oh, collaborate. Okay. Oh, like, like, oh, like, oh. Um, like who wants to be millionaire so, celebrity oh, couples? Oh, oh, can right. I be the? Can I so be the major coughing in the background? Yes. So yes. it's trusted, isn't it? So does that mean James has no, to give the answer? Still, isn't it? Hang on, so where, oh, where are they based? Where are they based? Because he's from... Yeah, he's from Preston, but yeah, sorry. So, yeah, are we going to go with... Bristol. What's the answer? Go Bristol. Go Bristol. Who's coffee? Uh, well, we need, we, <laughs> we need someone to say the answer, then coffee. Okay, uh, it, correct. <laughs> where's Judas Keppel when you need it? Where's Judas Keppel? Question I must have been found asking myself. Um, <laughs> question number two. What was the name of the first Wallace and Gromit short? Ha. Um, so it wasn't wrong trousers. This is the one where they go to the moon. This is the one where they go to the moon. A grand day yeah. out. That's it. It was indeed a grand day Which out. Which is my favourite bit is when he saws the workbench in half and then the next minute he's using Gromit as the other leg of the workbench. <laughs> so it's always a really great bit. So, so good, aren't they? That's the kind of detail that we like. Yes. Um, question number three, in a similar vein, what was the name of the first Wallace and Gromit feature film? Curse the Wear Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, I'll go with that. I didn't think you guys were such aficionados when it came to Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> but apparently so. So three out of three so far. Uh, this one's the easiest one. Question number four. Who voiced Rocky in Chicken Run? Ooh. Mel Gibson. Was it? I can't even remember. It's my boy Mel. Mel, Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah, you would have said Tim Gibson, Allen. If in doubt, it's always Tim <laughs> Allen. <laughs> Big Mason would uh, Mel Gibson, aren't you, James? <laughs> Similar kind of views on things. Yeah, Similar world, world outlook. Um, that's question number four. Right, uh, these sound too easy so far, so hopefully this will make things a little bit more difficult. Question number five. How many Oscars slash Academy Awards have Ardman Animations won? I wouldn't be surprised if it's none. Um, but um, the, the question is, did any of the shorts win any? 
No, possibly. I don't know. I've got no idea. I don't know. Should we just go wad? Yeah. Wad. Trusty one. <clears throat> first first dropped points in uh, the game. Three. Ooh. Three. Yeah, they won two, two shots. Because the way, Robert, yeah. Uh, question number... What we on? Six now? Yeah. Uh, another slightly easy one if you're a fan of Robinson Crummit then. What was the name of the villainous penguin in the wrong trousers? Oh, I didn't even know it. Feathers McGraw. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> such a good answer. It is correct. <laughs> With his rubber glove on his head. Yeah. Brother of Tim McGraw, little known fact. <laughs> question number seven and the final quiz, question in tonight's quiz, which we've actually raced through because you guys seem to know your, know your onions. You know your... Uh, when, Wensleydales. <laughs> you know your plasticine from your Wensleydale. Don't want to get those two mixed up. <laughs> Terrible sandwiches. <laughs> question number seven... What were Nick Park's creature comfort characters used to advertise in the early 1990s? British gas. Almost. It's a very, very good answer. But it was an energy firm. J- James jumped, so I've, I, I don't to... know. I've got I don't know. British, te- I'll just say British Telecom because it's basically the, the next closest thing. I'm, ve- I'm James. To be honest, I want to give you the point anyway because you're. I was amazed that you got that close. I don't think either of you got anywhere. Is it United Utilities? It was it? the Electricity Board, which I don't think existed. Oh, <laughs> well, the, electric- the now defunct Electricity Board. So that's. Five out, five and a half out of seven. That's gonna be five and a half out we'll of seven. That. Perfect score. Very impressive. Good knowledge of uh, urban animations and Nick Park, British I, institution. I should least. have worn one of those uh, jumpers, you know, sleeveless, green sleeveless. But to the people at home, you might be. Could, so we're actually all dressed like Wallace from Wallace and Gromit. <laughs> I'm dressed like Wallace. I was gonna say you're dressed as Gromit. Well, then, which one of you can do the best Wallace impression? Uh, what, does he, what does he say? Oh, bloody cheese, Gromit! <laughs> That's just your voice. Oh, right. <laughs> the, the bounce has gone from his bungee. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Who's having more like Wallace? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> neither. Oh. I think it's best to just stick to Gromit impressions. That's true. Yeah. And you and you dare to have a pop at Tom Hiddleston's voice at work. <laughs> well, that's, that's steady on. Wow! Gromit! as well as could be expected, didn't it? So we come to the final part of tonight's show and just the little game that we like to call This is the title What is the movie? So uh, Johnny did a fantastic Smith related, well Morrissey related effort last week so James, big shoes to fill So uh, Yeah, so I wrote m- multiple but I'm going to have to stick with you. Can, you can keep these for other weeks. I know, so we'll, we'll yeah, need just them. Keep, just keep them back. I'm going to stick with my gut one, and I just want to apologise in advance uh, that this isn't mean to offend anyone at all. It's, wow. It's all a bit of fun. I Strap yourself in. <laughs> Strap yourself in. So, um, disclaimer before the start. Yeah, it's not, massive, it's not massively controversial. It's just you never know who's listening to you. Well, you're not gonna, are you not going to be invited to the Oscars now? Potentially. Is this the movie, man, out of the Oscar Oscar conversation? The film title title I've chosen is a film called God's Not Dead 3. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Which, for me, the scandalous part of that sentence is 3, which is the bit that caught my eye. Someone should really check if God is dead. I think everyone at home is frantically Googling parts 1 and 2. So strap yourselves in. After the climactic conclusion to God's Not Dead 2 in which Jesus, played by Jim Caviezel, is assassinated by the radicalised atheist Danny Trejo, 
God is now not the only one dead. With, Lord, with the Lord himself and now Jesus added to the obituaries, there's only one stop left for me to trail. The Holy Ghost. And there's only one way to catch a ghost. A Ghostbuster. Reprising his role as Ghostbuster Winston, Ernie Hudson joins the all-star cast. It's a deep cast. In this Red Hat 3 quote, absolutely no one asked for. As Danny Trejo and Winston try and track down the Holy Ghost, hot on the heels is franchise star and Christian superhero Jonas, played by Angus T. Jones, the boy from uh, Two and a Half Men. <laughs> a, boy, a boy who believes God is not dead and lives inside him. But Jonas is not alone. His close male this friend is not alone. His close male friend, whom he shares a room with, Tyler, played by uh, Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory, believes the ghost of Jesus has entered him. So the race this So the race is on as Jonas and Tyler must stop Treyu and Winston from Ghostbusters from killing the Holy Ghost. But as we know, God is not really dead. Starring Sheldon from Big Bang Theory as Tyler, Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap as Jonas's dad, and the Holy Ghost is played by Willem Dafoe. <laughs> it would have to be. It would have to be. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been more confused. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But isn't God not dead? Well, no, because he lives inside Jonas. Now. Yeah. So you've got Jonas and Tyler with the spirits of God I and Jesus Danny, in them respectively. I presume Danny Trejo's got a machete. Doesn't God yeah, live in a Oh, several, yeah. several machetes. Yeah. Made out of his arms. Yeah. Just machete. One is a machete, one is a railway gun. <laughs> that's Danny Trejo. That's Which could he could have a good fight with Ash from the Evil Dead. Evil Dead with his shotgun arm. <laughs> Yeah, shotgun um, chainsaw arms. I mean, that's quite insane. So, what do you know anything about the actual original? Absolutely thing? fucking not. No. I, pre- I presume it's one of those really, really awful Christian films. Yeah, I think the, the first the, one. The, <laughs> live in the sewers of, of the film world, and occasionally one bubbles through the surface. Someone actually, actually watches it and goes, "This is literally shit." Isn't it? Everybody, everybody, get a load of how shit this Christian well, film. Well, I've heard of the, the first one existed, and I knew that it starred Kevin. Um, Web Sombra, yeah. whatever his name is, he played Hercules in the 90s TV programme. Right. But I didn't know what it was about, I just knew it was a Christian film, he was in it. And now this is number three, and I'm confused about what the second one was, so that was, I imagine, this God's Not Dead cinematic universe where Danny Trejo is trying to kill God. Sounds a bit like Terminator as well. Kind of, but, but it's John Connor is a spirit that can pass between mortal forms, so it can <laughs> never really be stopped. How do you and the you... Holy Ghost is Skynet, really, if you think about it. The software of it all. If you think about it. <laughs> you really <laughs> dig down. How do you think Danny Trejo and Winston Zedmore would do as a, uh, as a bunny cop duo? Well, well, you know. I like William Defoe's in it. William Defoe, William I think Defoe, that... Yeah. Um, you know, I'd be, I'd be, I'd like to see him as the Holy Ghost. I think it's probably one of the few roles he hasn't done yet. <laughs> no, I thought that was quite fantastic. Um, I'd watch it. Oh. Anything with Danny Trejo in, you know, has got that seal of quality. And here's one last word on onions. Onions don't make me cry. They make me smile. <laughs> Well, that's it from another week from The Movie Man. We hope you've enjoyed yourselves as much as we probably have. Thank you very much to James and Johnny for joining me as ever. Um, Guys, if you would please, please, please give us some reviews on iTunes. Give us some love. Tell tell your friends. Share the podcast if you've enjoyed it or if you've hated it. Just share it anyway. You know, no publicity is bad publicity. <laughs> constructive feedback, Rob Big Watts, we can say. Yeah, yeah, constructive feedback, all, all that jazz. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at The Movie Men Show. Uh, and yeah, download it through iTunes. That's probably the best way of getting hold of 
your fortnightly fix of movie men action. So, um, thank you very much to Johnny. Thank you very much. And thank you very much to James. Cheers. We're all off to catch a Willem Dafoe. <laughs> <laughs>